Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Elmar Hofer, who is a former professional skier turned sommelier. Welcome. Yes, hi, Monty. Elmer, can you just let us know what you're currently doing in the wine industry? Uh, currently, I'm working as a sommelier in a three-star Michelin restaurant in Sacktubertus in San Cassiano. Um, for those who don't know Sanctubertus, um, it's a small restaurant uh, in, the, in the heart of the Dolomites. And um, the restaurant is mostly known for its sustainability uh, because we are using um, 90% of our products from our region here. And the chef Norbert Niederkofler um, is basically, I guess, the only chef, Italian chef, who is not using olive oil or any lemons. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, why doesn't he use olive oil and lemons? Uh, yeah, because uh, we here in the mountains, we don't have the, the lemons and also not no olive oil. So we are using um, grapeseed oil. Uh-huh. And for the lemons, we our chefs, uh, they have found some uh, old uh, fermentation methods and they're using uh, yellow plums or normal plums and they go fermenting them. And through the fermentation, they get this acidity like a lemon. And so we are a little bit special in that way. Um, But you used to be, as far as I know, a professional skier. So how did you transition from that to um, the hospitality industry, the wine industry? Uh, Yes, indeed. I I was uh, a professional skier for around uh, 15 years. And... um, was being uh, be a part of the Italian national ski team, uh, made some World Cup races, also some European Cup races. And yes, uh, as athlete, uh, basically you live in your own uh, world. And after, after I quit it, um, I was searching for a new experience and a uh, new joy, something what, what, where I can find a new passion in. And as an Italian, uh, what, what was the closest way? Uh, we like to drink, we like to eat. And that's why I um, started to um, interesting me for the wine business and for the wine industry. Uh, started by myself. And then afterwards, my uh, girlfriend pushed me a little bit to starting to learn more seriously and uh, becoming a sommelier. And after that, I took also the um, Italian Wine Ambassador course with the Win Italy uh, International Academy. And yes, now a few years later, I'm here as a sommelier. So what would you, you know, as a sommelier, what wine would you recommend to celebrate or commiserate after a competition or even just after a hard day's uh, training? For sure, after a great uh, victory or a great result in a, in a competition, I would go for, for a nice uh, sparkling wine, uh, absolutely. But uh, after a hard day of uh, really hard-working uh, training, I would go probably for ice-cold beer. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's the end of the interview. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So um, when you're working in the restaurant, 
what is your approach to food and wine pairing? Are you very precise or are you a little bit uh, more flexible? How does it work for you? Well, we don't, in the restaurant, we don't have an, an, a pre-authorized wine pairing. We can go a little bit by ourselves. And um, I'm going basically with two approaches with the uh, main rules. Um, one is the wine should complete the food, should uh, smoothly um, go with the food. And the second approach would be uh, you're going a little bit edgy, you're going a little bit to contrast the food and uh, to create a little bit different tastes and flavors. That's the basic, uh, I think. Okay, Jim, do you have any um, sort of um, really unusual pairings that you, that you personally like or that you maybe find some of your guests um, personally like? Anything unusual? Yes, many, many guests are looking a little bit uh, surprised when we... When we introduce our, our pairing and in the pairing we have uh, an apple cider or a crafted beer, always from small local producers, of course, here next uh, in our region. But uh, yes, they're looking a little bit surprised about that. So in, um, in northern Italy, which is obviously where you're, you're based, have you got any favorite local grape varieties that you particularly like? Local, I would go for white wine. I would go with an, a nice uh, Pinot Bianco uh, because I, I think um, the Pinot Bianco here in, in Alto Adige it's um, um, showing the best of, of our terroir and gives a nice fruit, ripe fruits, and you can match it almost with everything. And for the red wine, um, I would go with a Schiava in German Farnach native grape variety of our region and um, mostly underestimated i think and also not really appreciated by most of the people but if you have a nice uh, a, a nice fernatch uh, it can be really fresh uh, nice for red fruits and a little bit of spices inside Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, is, is there a difference between, say, local customers, people that live in the region that maybe know some of these great varieties or, or um, guests from wherever, from, uh, from the, say, the States or other parts of the world? Do they have very different tastes? Uh, yes, a little bit. The, the, let's say the Italian guests, they are searching more Italian wines, more the, not, not really locals. But if you have uh, guests from the States... Uh, they are searching really for the local, the local ones, also small producers, and that's. I think it's really nice with working with them. So, yeah, that's, it is nice when you get the niche uh, niche wines out. So, um, you've also lived in Hungary. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, Hungary wine? Uh, sorry, Hungarian wine. Um, and what should people be looking for in Hungary other than the famous Tokai? Yes, I was living for um, half a year over there. It was a good experience. Uh, I learned a lot of new people. Uh, but, uh, and yeah, Hungarian wines are quite, we have some quite nice wines there. Uh, also native grape varieties. Uh, my favorite uh, wine is still coming from the Tokai region, but not uh, as many would expect the sweet wine. It's a dry uh, uh, grape variety, a dry uh, white wine made from the harsh levely. Harsh levely is also a native grape variety. And then, of course, there are a few other regions uh, what are doing nice, uh, also red wines. We have, for example, Villan, 
It's a small region in southern of uh, Hungary. They are do, doing uh, some nice tempanillo or also native grape varieties, red grape varieties like Kadarka. And then and also in the Shomlo region, uh, we have Ufark. They are really nice wines, a little bit different what we know at the moment. More acidity, but really nice. Yeah, those kind of mouth-watering wines with, uh, with plenty of... Yeah. So you live in uh, Bolzano. Um, obviously, the climate there is typically alpine Mediterranean, which sounds like an oxymoron, but makes sense if you live there. You're surrounded by the Alps, um, and Bolzano can be uh, one of the hottest cities in Italy during the summer. Um, is that the secret of the wines from uh, Sud Tirol? There, is that why they're so successful, do you think, that, that climate or any other reason? I, I think the secret of the local wines is, uh, is the fresh and long spring what, what we have and then the changing, uh, the fast changing into this, uh, the Mediterranean summer uh, that gives, the, I think, the little extra to our Citroenian uh, wines here. Is that in terms of um, ripeness or, or fullness of body or just texture? Uh, both, I guess, uh, texture also, but also the, the, the ripeness of the fruits. And uh, during the spring, you have this um, day-night uh, temperatures uh, changing, and so you have a lot of freshness also in, in the grapes. So I've got one, I've got one fi- final question. We often, you know, I, li- I like watching sport, and um, you often read about sportsmen, elite sportsmen or, or sportswomen, who, um, when they leave their sporting career, as you have to because your body can't take it anymore because you get a bit older, don't often have a plan for what they're going to do in the next stage of their lives. Um, were you always very clear in your mind that you, A, needed to get a job, and B, um, you wanted to get a job that clearly um, you like uh, the job that you want, you want to enjoy, not just a nine-to-five job? Was that a really important thing for you? Yes, uh, absolutely. I was um, after after I quit it. Um, I I was basically in the in the sport group first also. Um, Fiamme Gialle, it's paid of the Guarda di Finanza, and I always knew that I will never stay for, uh, the whole life there. So I was searching for something what I really like and where can I make uh, my new passion from it. So. That was the important thing after I quit it. Perfect. Okay. Well, it's good to hear that you're, um, you know, you're, you're you're enjoying your second career as much as you clearly enjoyed your your first career. So I just want to say thanks very much to you um, for chatting us chatting to us about um, the wonderful region that you live in and also your experiences both on the sporting field and um, as a sommelier. Thanks very much, Alma. Thank you very much, Monty. All right. So hope to hope to meet you face to face at some stage as well. Yeah, I hope to. Yeah. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.